Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. It's a tribe run for element of excitement. That's a set off. Yeah, welcome, uh, uh, running commentary listeners. We're about to run with the uh, tribe and uh, um, Guy, Tom and Rob, say hello. Hello. Uh, hello. Um, that was only two of them because of microphone issues. It's okay. Five people, four mics. That's the beauty of sounds the thing. Like, almost sounds like a musical, doesn't and it? And we haven't actually started running yet because we can't start because we don't know where we're going. It's all in Guy's hands. Guy, where are we going? all in my hands. We are going to do an amazing route through Hackney up to Springfield Park. Cool. And if the weather holds, we'll have an amazing view over London. And then we're going to... It's not going to hold. <laughs> yeah, so let's forget Poor that. Let's right, 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 go. Yeah, put the kibosh on the weather and let's go. Nice. How far are we going today? Uh, bang on six miles. We can do that. Absolutely. I'd rather go six miles than say just plucking a uh, number out of the air a thousand miles. <laughs> just so happens <laughs> that is a distance we may have covered once upon a time. Yeah, you did. Well, so it was a thousand miles in Eastern Europe. Yeah, exactly. So we started off in um, in Odessa and ran uh, about thirty-five miles a day for a month. All the where, way to. Where, 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 where did it start for you meeting each other, deciding to do it? Were you all into running? Were you. Yeah. What was the, what was the back? Give us a bit of backstory. A backstory, yeah, yeah. Well, I think my favourite part of the backstory is when, um, when the three of us sort of came up with the idea of doing the marathon de Sable together. Right. At which point. Rob hadn't even done a marathon. Okay. okay. Um, so I'll That's let you talk about <laughs> how you got to that point. In time. So that where did you two meet each other? Did you meet each other across a, so a desolate track in early summer evening or late <laughs> already? Or? Well, Guy and uh, Tom were mates as they were. Uh, they were young and I met Guy in Paris. Um, we were both studying there. Right. And then I think we both had like a sort of love of adventure. We actually did a... A big bike ride together um, right. after we left the university. And I was cycling from Cape Town up to Istanbul. Down here. Wow. A sort wow. of year long trip. Guy joined me in Southern Africa. Okay. And it was then that he suggested Matt and the Saab. 
That's really how I got into running. So um, you're quite into. You did a lot of endurance stuff already. You're quite fit. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't already. Maybe. I mean, it's more like I love being outdoors. I love being nature. I love kind of self-sufficient stuff. You know? Right. That's now what appealed to me about running as now well. Now you started unfit. No. Not that. No. I, I think I think uni might have been unkind to some of us. Yeah, uh, yeah, but everyone's allowed a few points at uni. Yeah, exactly. I said points, not pints, but the effect is roughly A couple of each. Just as a recovering, uh, um, uh, you know, supremely unhealthy man myself. <laughs> no, I was really not true. Give those points of reference, but that's not going to happen. You're too good. You guys, uh, both in your marathon T-shirts. <laughs> of course, yeah. And you did the... Uh, so you did the Marathon de Sable first, which is something I'd really like to do, actually. Yeah. It's Would you a, recommend it? 100%. I mean, it's an amazing race. Um, yeah. And it's, it's I, I suppose they've done a great job of making it sound impossible. But I like with a lot of these running things, Yeah. most of it's in your mind. And I would say I would encourage anybody who feels like they have... Uh, a spirit of adventure or an interest in something like that, it is well within their grasp. Because it is billed as the toughest race on earth, isn't it? Yeah. So which, puts, which puts some people off, doesn't How it? How far yeah. is it? Where is it? It's like, it's, a, it's North Africa, is that right? Yeah, it's through the, it's in the Sahara. Right. And it is um, six marathons in six days, Rob, is that yeah, right? Yeah, six marathons in six days. The route changes each year, so they, the distance kind of stays the same, but they, uh, the route's always... Uh, yeah, it always switches. But the thing I was amazed about is how kind of beautiful you kind of picture the Sahara, or I did in any event, and being like pretty flat, yeah. pretty uh, all looks quite the same. And actually, the variety in the landscape. So we're going up these amazing desert mountains, like dunes, kind of vast plains. It's really, uh, really varied. It's the. It's it's a, the uh I know it sounds a bit simplistic, but does the sand mess up your feet? And how do you deal with that? Yeah. That worries me, the sand. <laughs> no, that <laughs> is the main... We're in Homerton, and that was some mean motorbike yeah, action. Busy. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> 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 giving you the final, <laughs> the final farewell. Um, yeah, the feet thing is is quite a major point and actually that's probably feet and dehydration are probably the two things right that um are your I mean, biggest do you obstacles run in the day? Do you run in the heat or yeah they set you off rather gruesomely at i think 9 a.m every morning so right. though you're sleeping through the night in sort of five degrees in an open tent with having carried everything on your back so you don't really have that much spare clothing to keep you warm yeah. right. and then just as it's starting to get unbearably hot they set you off running nice. <laughs> cheers um, this whole thing about anyone to do it and I'd recommend it it's really <laughs> it's kind of retreating to the horizon it's um, a real leveller though it's one of those uh, those events where you literally see kind of 80 year old women overtaking you know really ripped guys in Iron Man jumpers or whatever like it's right. kind of one of those stealth sort of a stealth <laughs> event it's a hair of the tortoise and a lot of it's just looking after yourself as best you can and right. like really guys say like look after your feet like make sure you're taking forward the right nutrition the right um, so, so was that when the sort of uh, the food thing started to come into play then sort of did you start That's to it. think about it then or I think, yeah yeah it's right it was the first time some of the challenges mapping this up is you have to uh carry everything for the week on your back right. so you really begin to think about 
per kind of weight of gram weight of food like what's that actually giving me how much like value is that giving me because um, of course you've got all your books as well haven't you so you've got yeah, 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 books, yeah. Your, uh, your bible yeah, all all whiskey. these speakers I assume you all you all had a mini telly to get yeah. value then to yeah. <laughs> well, yeah you have to be on Instagram right yeah <laughs> But uh, it was uh, it was certainly yeah that was the first time I think we well, interesting. really began to think I, about running and nutrition. That's amazing. Yeah. It seems to me that like I don't know I haven't done it but this thing you've done is like working out starting first of all on just what you need to take and then what you want to take in terms of food. There's a kind of corollary between what you've got in your bag and what you want to put in your body. Do you know what I mean? You don't want anything in there yeah. that you don't need. Exactly. exactly. So right, I mean both uh, examples. And that and that's kind of where we got to the whole point about. So natural sports nutrition. Right. And we were looking at the backs of all these bars, these energy bars and gels and protein and stuff and this, that, next thing. And we realized actually the very best thing that you can have to sustain yourself in those sort of environments over long distances is a mixture of fruits, nuts and seeds in terms right. of the okay. yeah. calorific value per gram, but also the other extra minerals, vitamins, good fats that right. it delivers to your body. Um, and that was kind of like, I suppose that sort of sunk in, but just for sort of percolating in the back of our brains a somewhere. A quick blast of it melded into the Saharan heat. Yes. <laughs> sort of desert madness. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah, yeah. The sun's shining and I These need... Mars bars are melting. We need <laughs> something else. Yeah. And I can... That's the last time I take a pot noodle. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you for a fact that after... Uh, a week of eating sort of nuts and seeds in the desert. I never really wanted to base a business around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd seen enough of them to last your lifetime. Because I've been trying to get Rob to do the uh, Desable, haven't I, Rob? Yeah, your first marathon is the challenge of persuading me to do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but the, the other really thing is, of course, that you went back. I mean, uh, what, what, how long was it before you did the Eastern European run? And what was the catalyst that set that off? Um, well, the... The thing that really sort of got us going about that was that... Oh, we're just getting to Mill Fields, is that what we are? Yeah, there's Mill Fields, and then we go through the park and onto the canals. Excellent. It'd be quieter there. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Um, I'm getting into the park now. But, uh, yeah, so the, 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 the catalyst that moved us on from the Mountain to Sub, the 1,000-mile run, was, yeah. was the idea that we wanted to... Um, do something a little bit more adventurous, a little bit more off our own steam. Right. Whereas the Marathon de Saab is incredible, but it's, it's a event. big organisation yes. and an event. Right, right. And there's helicopters, doctors, drones, cameras, the works. And we just thought... I'd like well, to run without a drone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's still buzzing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and also the idea, what we really loved about it is the idea of building our own community right. and doing it with people. So we... Our run was, we published it online, it was an open source thing, and we ended up, um, over the course of the run, we, got, we were covered by CNN as well, and we ended up with 250 people running with us. And so it was, so it was just amazing. Forrest Gump factor. Yeah, yeah. Forrest Gump style. Yeah. yeah. It's fire, fire. I'm running backwards now. Check this. I'll have a second. Wow. It's high risk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I got. That was just say the forest company. It really was. The times it really was like people were flying in to meet us in kind of Montenegro. Or right. It was the only time we have like 30, 40 people running up in these mountains, and there were times like knee deep in snow. And we got the, the trail. We thought the trails would be kind of 
uh, open because it was summer finding right. ourselves this big group it was a real adventure like that really great being with a, a big group of people with many so, so when did, how did you set the route then how many miles a day did you run this, this actually you know I'm going to answer this question because I didn't do the route okay, I can, cool. so <laughs> Rob did and yeah, it was an amazing feat of engineering, try, right? right? It was. Yeah, yeah. We, we plotted the whole route few from Odessa to Dubrovnik off Google Maps. Um, can I just say, <laughs> this is coming like a, about a week after uh, Paul took us for a run at the place he'd repeatedly run before for about 10 miles got and immediately you. got us lost. <laughs> so Google Maps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Google Maps. It was, it was quite a fun because he had to kind of. So we cross through nine countries. So have all these different border crossings that you have to make, and we wanted to make it as kind of beautiful as possible. We also want to make make sure you're going through places where people can easily join you, right. um, and then try. Although we we carried um, camping stuff, we wanted to every sort of few nights have like a guest house somewhere we could just load up on food. I, um, so you camped out a lot of the night, sort of thing. Well, you were saying a lot of the night. It's probably about half, maybe a bit less than half. More than you wanted to. Yeah, so yeah whatever he says, like, I was camping the whole way, actually. There were probably a lot more guest houses than uh, right. there. Actually, that was one of the most amazing things, is that... How cheap the guest houses are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people took us in quite a lot, so we'd arrive, so we'd arrive in, like, a small town... Um, so you want to get food? Here we go. Look at. Oh, sorry. Bike. Sorry, man. Bike. Um, and people would just kind of. You end up sort of meeting someone because they'd see this weird group of English people lingering around. That's and they'd invite you for food, and then you'd end up being like. That's oh, my granny's got a spare room, and we'd sort of pile in there. It's a I totally am. sort of unthreatening visual image, isn't it? Just just really nice English people trot around Europe. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's kind of like... It's an unthreatening image. It's a bit of generosity. We yeah. certainly... It was a, it was a, it was a very... Uh, threatening smell <laughs> but I do think it seems to me that you were building both the things you were talked about how you were looking into uh, the right foods to be having but also you're building a community and, and, and ways of creating and pushing and you know reinvigorating that yeah. community as you go and what was amazing is that the different um, elements of how community played out yeah and um, what I loved is it it's an extraordinary story. I find it often when you're traveling, but you're in one place and they're like, you have to be very careful down there. The people in the next yeah, country or the next village or whatever, oh, it's going to be dangerous there. Yeah. Right. And you get there. And it's fine. And the people are as wonderful as they were where you just yeah, came yeah, from. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warning about the next ones. Yeah. yeah. It's and such it's just, an odd tradition that people hate their neighbors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was amazing. Like, you know, from start to finish, we were sort of greeted with the utmost generosity. And, and it was just an incredible that side of the community thing was amazing and then the other element of community being we had people come out and join us who had never run more than half a marathon they ended up doing 50 miles in one day with us you know? and it's that whole spirit of as part of a community like doing sport especially running together you feel that tribal that tribe element and that together you can go further well that's what I was just going to say because it seems like there's a real wonderful man out and part of me thinks you're really tapping into this sense of distance you know I've never considered running more than a marathon but it seems that it's a very artificial number this 26.2 yeah and if you get your head in the right place you can just sit off running and keep running it's something me and Paul have talked about you know when you're fit and you're feeling good you you don't really need a finish line you just set off I love when you hit that sort of moment in a run where it can come at any time where you suddenly it like clicks and the resistance like stops a bit and you're just 
you don't feel tired at all and you feel like you just, you're really just yeah, go a of energy sort of thing yeah it's a great like natural but what's it like to run you know 35 40 miles in a day obviously you run a bit slower yeah, yeah. very slow slowly slow we have like big packs you've been you're running pretty slow and left, yeah. I think um, it's very different mentality to setting off on like London Marathon where right. you're trying to you might be trying to get time or yeah and a lot of it's about self-preservation and we all got quite you know a bit battered during it like injuries Little to the injuries. legs and yeah yeah so I'm not really drunk <laughs> <laughs> that's one way through it no, yeah. but we uh, so you're kind of I think we all had stages where even for two days we'd have to be walking and that's really hard when you got to cover 40 miles you know you got to cover the ground you really can't run that means you have to set off so three four hours before the rest of the group and yeah. that, and a lot of it's sort of how can you run in a way to make sure you go again tomorrow um, do you ever come up that sort of thing do you ever kind of come up against that morning and just think today I can't face it yeah I mean every actually a lot of the time I mean there were several days where you were just kicking off setting off and I I could hardly walk at the end of the night yeah and you just find yourself the next morning sort of bandaging up your feet and getting going again and and I think the whole thing and it's almost like reflective of I suppose you should take down any big challenge, but it was just just trying to break it down into little steps. Okay, well, let's do the first 10K today. Just keep going. How does that feel? Yeah. Right. And then you've done 10K, you're like, oh, well, you've only got another 15 miles or whatever. You just keep breaking it down. And the second you thought about the enormity of doing you know, 40 marathons, it got pretty intimidating pretty quickly. It's not the right way to think yeah. about it. Because kind of <laughs> we're very, like, I mean, the three of us are having, though we've run a fair amount, none of us are elite athletes by the stretch of any imagination as right. they can see given what we're on live though you've got the live prancing step of it no, <laughs> obviously run a, run a bit but I think it's different to the guys who are doing like bad water or the western states you know there's really crazy ultras which you have very uh, sharp cutoffs so you have right, to yes. make like unless you don't run 30 miles in yeah five hours you're, you're out and we've so it's um, more about a long experience. It's more about that and kind of building the, yes, the yeah. The, but that's one of the most things. Building adventure through running and, and oh, really yeah, enjoying okay. the experience yeah. and like being the, together. Things um, I think is interesting about the the, the the food you did, the sports nutrition stuff, is that you pitch it to runners who are attempting to achieve different things. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's uh, well, some quite fancy science. The <laughs> <laughs> theory tried to, well, certainly building out the range of different nutrition products we have, like, to be able to address the nutritional needs of, you know, right from the most hardcore ultra runners to people who are doing their first 10K to cyclists, triathletes. And I suppose the work. basic kind of, the basic toolbox of that is, is the same. Exactly. It's just about sort of tinkering with the amounts and when, when the whens you need it and things like that. Exactly. It's like the whens you need it. <laughs> That's another cool like moment yeah. for me. I'm pleased with that. And, and so it started to solidify the kind of the food element during those long runs and you started to think that you might be onto something. I think we, we had a running through sort of those type of uh, places we were running through but also type of experiences we were having. We had this in a belief that natural was better and we became increasingly confident that that was right as we ran further and further and um, that sort of fed into everything we do on the nutrition side and we're frustrated as runners with this all the synthetic stuff all these gels that just 
Yeah, they're kind of spiking and crashing. We're filled with loads of stuff. I don't even know what they are when you read it. They just feel a bit sickly, don't they? They can work sometimes for like 10, 15 minutes, and then they feel like you're costing everybody sick crash. And I think you you look at like the leading leading runners in America, like Scott Jurek, those guys, like the movement towards using natural fuel sources as people have been doing for like thousands of years is yeah. I think it's the right one and the powerful one we felt that there was a really good range of products on the market that provided that and so we looked to, to sort of take the learnings that we had from our experiences and the, and, <laughs> the and rudimentary the, product work we've done as runners but from making our own trail mixes and energy bars and and take that through working with nutritional therapists to yeah, develop I mean, you must have got some uh, some science in at some point to You'd kind be of glad to hear it. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? When, when do we kind of? I mean, how do you go about sticking up, sticking together a, nu- a nutrition bar? But, uh, um, someone comes in at, at some point. You get a chef in, do you? You get a we do. I mean, we a chef makes it. Yeah, very early uh, on. You'll be glad to hear all of us <laughs> fed in directly. Version one point zero. We did it. Yeah, that you set on fire. <laughs> I want to want something to do that. I can run and flambe. Was it all, was it all <laughs> the ingredients that had slid to the bottom of your shoe and kind of congealed one night? You found us out. To possibly appear both rude and sycophantic at the same time. I think me and Paul were both very pleasantly surprised at how delicious your stuff is. Yeah, I mean, it's it must have been a factor. Nice. Yeah. You know, I know you were talking about the science, but I think that was it, is like the In there were two gaps. There were two no. there were two like observations is that the um Sorry, we've taken on, just take, t- tell everyone we've just come I've, into Springfield Park. That's yeah. nice. It's very Pretty nice. Really lush, yeah. I've yeah. taken on this the talking the role we're just about to go up the hill. Yeah, yeah that's it. Tell <laughs> us everything. Yeah, you London. take it away, guys. That's great. <laughs> Monologue from now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see whether I actually am vaguely fit or not. Yeah. Like passing a hot potato, asking questions <laughs> up here. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so, yeah, the, the observation we had of the market was that there's either this health food stuff, which tastes super healthy and like cardboard, essentially. Yeah. And then there's the sports stuff, which is like really chemically and over-processed. Yeah. And our view is that there must be a way to make natural stuff that tastes good. Yeah. That hits the macronutrients you need to train stronger. No, it's like the compromise is written in, isn't it? Like you say, health food doesn't have to taste like you're doing any kind of penance. Penance, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> sports nutrition doesn't have to taste like chemicals. Yeah, exactly. So that's the balance we've tried to strike. And I think... Well, well done. You made hear. a hill. I talked at the end Ooh. there. You can hear me gasping. You're obviously fine. It's a good hill, that. Such a crisp view. We're up the hill. We might have, what, what, what's the range? What distance are we at? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, let me tell you. Look at that. Um, we're just under... Whoop. Here we are. Um, I think Paul's near the Just under... Well, probably about a third of the way there. So we, All right. So this is actually the site of... The reason why we did this is so no, you're a local also, history, uh, are you? Can I, I'm going to give it a try. Interestingly, the site of, uh, <laughs> takes on a tour. Yeah. Um, now this is the site of the first tribe run we ever did. Ah, okay. So coming down here to the right, um, we nice. did uh, we did um, a run here when we were sort of working out how did how does the tribe community come together? Right. And so the idea is that you know the sports nutrition helps people train stronger but then where does the community come into it and so we we wanted to do runs with our community that brings everybody together and they're free and it's just a question of you know like running should be free right yes. it's about bringing yeah, everybody absolutely. together yeah and having an awesome time and 
having that feeling of running together just like bring, like really bonds you and you have these extraordinary conversations with people like we hear in your podcast you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it frees the mind doesn't it yeah I mean I can only imagine the nonsense you're coming out with on the way <laughs> through Europe yeah, yeah exactly you must have had to do one wild. of these over like 30 miles <laughs> to see what happens let's take it yeah, to how many listeners <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm in for this strap <laughs> in yeah, when we were journeying for the marathon me and Paul did the 20 miler and the uh, last leg of it um, we, we b- broke it into three because you know we know our audience <laughs> uh, you know have some patience but come on and the third episode uh, was lost due to technical issues and uh, I think that's a relief because that was both a grumpy and surreal half hour of chat just that the last great. mile of me going is it, when does it end how far long I have to <laughs> drink something yeah. bring me a drink <laughs> but also it's nice that it was here in Springfield Park because it's one of those places that running country we love which is a really nice green running space in London yeah, it's beautiful yeah oh, it's yeah. great you really feel you're out of uh, and it's also okay, always crisscrossing the uh, Lee River which is just one of my favourites that's nice yeah and these are the old canals that take you right up to Newcastle and the works like from London <laughs> it's a tour guide yeah absolutely <laughs> no it's a good spot in fact, do you want a historical fact? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, we get on to Walthamstow Marshes. That's we get right near the arch where A.V. Rowe, latterly uh, who gave his name to the Avro Lancaster, Lancaster Bomber, uh, conducted the first powered flight in the UK. Really? really? Yeah, he just did it over there and well, he had he, an arch where he kept all his planes. And he landed in the mo- on the marsh there? Yep, just over there. Well, legend. We'll see you in a minute. Go A.V. <laughs> unfortunately, he's no longer with us. <laughs> A military history buff. Yeah, yeah. I can be, uh, I can be pretty. Uh, I can scoop out the trivia when you want it. <laughs> I think if I'd been with you on that um, thousand miles in Eastern Europe, you would have, um, you'd have killed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we would have stretched your trivia with the sort of like Moldovan wine recommendations. <laughs> like, nice. So yeah. you had your first try run here, then, did you? You got them. Yeah, exactly. So we started in Victoria Park, and it's when we were still sort of figuring out. What does a tribe run look like? Yeah. Because we've done this mega one before tribe was a thing. And uh, and we're trying to see how does that, how does our community come together in London? And so we probably overcooked it slightly. I think we did a 12 or 13 miler. Right. And so it was was the back end of last summer when we first did that. And and we had a different start and finish point. We had different levels, like trying to keep the group together. Right. And it was really, it was, uh, it was a great thing. But I'd say as we've been going along, we've sort of refined what is a tribe run, and we have loads of different ways that people can get involved. That we have sort of virtual runs, like for example, tomorrow morning we're doing a, uh, uh, a dawn raid, that we call it, where we get all of our community online to run at 7am and post photos right so they can be anywhere they can be anywhere so they don't have to be with us right um, and that's a way of just kind of bringing people together but then equally we have but they have to be running they have, they have to be running, running. Right, right, right. well yeah. or pretending to be running yeah, yeah exactly or in running gear still photo now this is uh, last time we were here Paul Ray nearly banged his head are we going under uh, yeah we are going under yeah great you're welcome that's nice the pinging cyclist saying thank you yeah it's a very polite buggy. bunch up here. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Watch him go under there, yeah. though. Is he going to pull it off? That's for sure. Skills. Brave man. It's like kickstart cycling under there. <laughs> yeah. Still going. Obviously, uh, Prince or Kylie would have no trouble with this. Late Prince. Sorry, Prince. Yeah. 
and a train going over just as we go as well. Yeah. It's like the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. when you say finding what tribe one is, have okay. you? I suppose that I'm guessing that the answer is it's loads of different things. It's what? Yeah, exactly right. So it's a, it's a it's a bunch of different things, and I guess it's there's the we have the performance element which we do on Tuesdays, which is where we um, do strength and conditioning work and tempo work. Yep. So this is stuff you hate to do by yourself, and it's difficult to do by yourself, and you need yeah, a group to push it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that always happens in central London on Tuesdays, and then we have the sort of more social element, which is where we really it's all about community, eating well, where we do a brunch or a picnic type thing in collaboration with other companies that we like and that's a share our values yeah. right. and that's a easy going it's funny you should say that just as we pass this piece of art which is a big outdoor picnic table oh cool okay. have you ever considered having a go on that one you know I've yeah, run here hundreds of times I've never noticed that it's yeah it's really good okay. that's really cool Good excuse for us all to stop for a second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you could cut up a couple of try bars on that. Um, yeah, and then we have... Um, so that's the social one. And then we have... Uh, is there any running on that at all, or is it just eating? <laughs> there's a, there is a bit of running. So it's like a 5 to 8k run, or thereabouts, Yeah. Um, at a sociable speed. And then there's... Um, we do less regular... Well, it's every six weeks we do an ultramarathon. <laughs> Um, where's the 30 miles plus right and that's and amazingly like there we have for each of those type of events we have an amazing core of people that come and do them like we're going up this weekend to the highlands to do a 100 kilometer run wow and we've got 25 30 people coming with us Uh, and and how long is how long are you taking is that a two day yeah two day right exactly so we're doing we're doing close to Close to 30, 40 miles, no, more like 40 miles on the first day and then a 20 miler on the second day. Oh, nice. And where's that in Scotland? Like the West Highlands Way. So oh, it's yeah, from, yeah. Um, that yeah, around, around Oban, Fort William. Oh, look, Bird of Prey. Um, uh, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a buzzard. You're uh, our resident ornithologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Bill Oddie <laughs> of the crew. I'm twitching even as we speak. <laughs> I am, uh, I've been to the West Highland Way, so that's lovely because it's an old... You, you know, at one stage you would have been in a road. It was never tarmacked, but it's but there's still some climbing on there, isn't there? You got a yeah. little staircase on that. Well, we're strategically finishing a few miles short of Ben Nevis. Good call. <laughs> I think we finished the Devil's Staircase on the last bits we'll do. I was talking to a guy last night about he's done there really recently. Uh, it's gonna be great. Yeah, it's gonna be an amazing trip. And do you have a wide range of abilities to go to for that? Then, or what's the sort of Spectrum, or and does people does everyone run together? I'd imagine. Yeah, it's quite. I mean, it's quite. Uh, I mean, everyone can. It's sort of comfortable doing doing these kind of distances, but right. we do have a big range. A lot of people do it for the first time, and uh, we just tend to stop every um, seven, eight miles, and we have like a proper kind of pit stop. Gather everyone together. There's kind of three of us, and some of the rest of the right. guys in the tribe team will be spread throughout. Okay. Um, so it's about looking after each other and, and you know, competing it together and going on it together rather than... So do you reckon that, say, someone like me could do one? Yeah, definitely. If, you could, if you're fit enough for sort of a marathon... Fit, fit enough for a marathon, exactly. So we go, 
much well, marathon pace is different but we go like not quick we're not sort of pushing it yeah um, and the idea is to yeah sort of cover the ground together and get out some some awesome landscapes um, i think the idea with like a lot of the all of the runs that we try and take on is that it's more about the journey and right. the experience of being outside and traveling somewhere together and what we love is doing sort of point to point as opposed to like loops yeah like covering ground absolutely and it's suddenly you realize you know people say running 26.2 marathon if you put that in a straight line it's a bloody long way it is a long way um yeah yeah if you run a straight line when you're training for london you can run out of london for example yeah you get to watford wouldn't you yeah and no one wants that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like that. It's, and also, like you say, if you're having a sort of tempo training, it's like you put in a bit of worrying about how fast you're going and how, how and stopping once you've run a certain distance. But then when the day comes for a real run, you're just running. Yeah. And that's when you start having the really interesting conversations or like thoughts or yeah. like if you're really killing yourself. Your sort of head is very much in the in that sort of pushing your muscles, pushing your body. But if you're sort of just out there journeying, it allows you to like just experience it in a very different way, and it's you you make really sort of cool bonds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Still, much sounds quite far to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a long way. Feeling quite tired already. I'm at mile four here, <laughs> but it is nice to run. From point A to B, isn't it? That is nice. That's that sense of it's great. running somewhere. Yeah, yeah. you can still do it. I think it's like, I don't know where everything is. Cars, tarmac. You never really think of getting A to B on foot. Yeah. In like yeah. long distances, but it's cool. The, the idea that does still happen. It's, still it's lovely doable. in this day age people are running to work in London again, you know, because London's a good size for that. It's yeah. amazing. And running yeah, in London yeah. is great because you... Uh, you, the moment the you've got used to something, something different is happening. Like you say, if you're on the tube, I mean, it's almost surreal how disengaged you are from where you're actually travelling. I remember you know, when I, um, I was travelling in Africa once and uh, one of the guys came up to me and I was just talking to a local guy and he was like, is it true that in London you travel to work underground like ants? <laughs> <laughs> and like when you put it like that, you're like, God, that is a really weird yeah. thing to it must seem bizarre, concept. Yeah. yeah, but of course you said at the time, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I run. <laughs> yeah, I run. Everyone does. <laughs> but the streets are paved with gold. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You were mentioning about, like, how nice it is in this day and age to be traveling on foot. I think... Um, what was quite amazing is after a thousand mile run that we did and sort of Rob, Tom and I, or Tom and I especially, were, were very happy with ourselves, so patting ourselves on the back having accomplished that. Rob sort of turns around 10 days after and sets off on a walk across Ghana, Togo, Benin, <laughs> Haiti and Louisiana for a wow. year. Wow. For a year? Was it a year? Yeah, it was eight or nine months. It was a great, like... <laughs> A great opportunity. Uh, I was writing a book, um, doing research for a book, and so I left my job just for a run for that. I'd save money to do that trip. And what and was then, the, what, is this a book that you wrote? It's it's actually completely separate to, to anything kind of tribe or running. It's about traditional African religions and how they're surviving. Um, okay. And so I spent the idea was to structure it as a series of pilgrimages going on foot to traditional African religious shrines and. Uh, I did like a 1200 mile walk in West Africa and then shorter ones in Haiti and, and the American South but no, it was wow. great fun but again it comes back to the big part of the motivation of doing that was that love of recovering long distances yep. on, on foot and so being self-sufficient on the road and, and all those things that I think led to the thousand mile run or Marathon that gets loads of people out yeah, running. I, I think yeah. it's the same thing. I was just very lucky to have the opportunity to kind of do it for a very long time. Yeah, I <laughs> think some people wouldn't consider that a lucky opportunity. If someone was sentenced to that, you're obviously yeah. all like your extreme long distance travel experiences, but you like your expeditions. Have you calmed down a bit? Then, what? Like, you have to. <laughs> We've all got girlfriends You've now. Actually, you guys married oh, now. Girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> married. <laughs> <Those> square. <laughs> I, uh, but well, I mean, it sounds very, you know, it sounds, I mean, it sounds great, it sounds hard, it sounds quite meditative and transcendental, but you must also have had some ridiculous things happen. I mean, that's the other thing, it's like we say, when, even when we're running, like, six miles or whatever, you get a few miles in and you start saying slightly more ridiculous things, but also, something ridiculous always happens. Yeah. <laughs> like when you said the other day to that lady, oh, you're taking your cat to the vet. And she said, no, I've just had it put down. Was she still carrying it? No, she was, he was in a box. Oh, God. So I, you know, not... Should we swap around? Yeah, yeah, yeah yep. so... It's going to... Morning, Magpie. So we're just swapping mics now. Yeah, yeah so we can get uh, uh, Tom's input. And uh, Rob can get a break because he gets very tired after four miles. <laughs> and he's also carrying, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. carrying, he's carrying a weight. How many miles have we done, Guy? Um, but you know, I, I forgot to start it at the beginning, but I, I think we've done about 
Uh, <laughs> oh no, we've got to start from now. It's I a think nice it's place about we've four stopped. miles. We've actually stopped. Everyone, get my selfie. We've stopped under the uh, Lee Bridge Road, so it's just great the way we're we're right in the heart of London, but we've also been in a kind of a, in a field. Okay, uh, on we go. On we go. What an excuse. I'm, regre- I'm, I'm regretting the choice of jumper right now. I'm like, it's nice and pretty hot, isn't it? It's a muggy evening, isn't it? Yeah. But when it's you not start, raining. It's very nice. Yeah, when you, yeah you've got a grey jumper, so sweating, sweating through is not the strongest. So we've got a new arrival on the mic, Rob. Yeah, yeah, welcome. We've got a new player. Welcome, Tom. Hi, mate. Hey Tom's been biding his time at the back of the pack. Yeah, yeah, slow yeah. down a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed cool. him putting a few faces, though. Again, oh. I'm sure I heard at one point say, you guys go ahead. I'm sure I heard that, but obviously not, because he's here now. No, it's good here. And what do you do for the tribe outfit, Tom? What do you do for uh, I do the uh, kind of community bit and right. trying to kind of help engagement online and through social with all our customers how does that work how do you find people to like run with you and uh, you know how does well, we are a little bit we try not to be aging luddites but we are so <laughs> you know, know i actually think like the main thing is just telling people where you're going to be when yeah giving them some warning finding a cool space yep and it's i mean it's, i think if you kind of yeah just let people engage with something on the way that they want to. Yeah. I think what Tom is great at doing as well is actually so thinking up the the creative element or, or, or the thing that's gonna really capture the imagination. So yeah. In all honesty, like Tom's it was Tom's idea the a thousand miles in a month so he's the person yeah. to blame for all of that yeah that's right and, and the great thing with that idea is no downside <laughs> <laughs> well I was just going to say there's a kind of element of flash mob to it it's a kind of post flash mob scenario where instead of meeting and doing a silly dance in a railway station you're meeting and doing something rather longer form and yeah you know so one might even argue worthwhile <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I but, think like it's cool because I, well you know I mean I suppose they've always been running clubs yeah, I suppose the difference with Tribe or lots of other new running clubs setting up is that maybe they've got a bit more of a kind of lifestyle identity. Yeah. Whereas before running clubs were all about performance or now, you know, whether it's Run Dem Crew, Tribe, lots of other things setting up in London. Yeah. It's much more about a kind of lifestyle identity. Where are you going for a drink afterwards? It's a bit like it is uh, about how quickly can you do the mile. Yeah, yeah. It, it does remind me of how uh, religions mutating from like church, from like normal churches to like splintering off into like house churches and stuff. Yeah, and just kind of. Do you know what I mean? That kind of getting less institutionalised because r- running clubs can be a bit rigid to enter sometimes. They can feel a little bit and intimidating. In a yeah, lot they of can ways. do. They can do. Yeah. Like even even it's as a dogs. runner, I would be. I'm, I'm intimidated by a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, and. And probably wrongfully so. I'm sure they're very inclusive and wonderful places to be. Yeah, but, but you're looking for ways to, for everyone to be like within running commentary. We always say we, we don't di- differentiate between somebody who says, I fancy running a mile one day, and somebody says, you know, I've just run a thousand miles. Yeah. We're all running. Yeah, exactly. And within a club or a tribe, you're looking for a way to encompass that without having to... Because the fundamental thing in a running club, you'll be running with people who run at the same speed as you, same distance as you. I think in the modern world, there's more possibilities available, aren't there? Yeah. You can see the Olympic Park. I mean, yes. I'm, I'm sort of... Yeah, you see, we're uh, 
coming over Hackney Downs looking at for you is pretty amazing. It's fantastic. It's really at Canary Wharf. <laughs> oh, sorry, my, that camera's still on selfie. Fantastic. Look at that. He says. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Takes a picture you. of his own face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to peel back because I missed it because of that mistake. Here we go. Canary Wharf. Anish Kapoor's sculpture. And a million footballs. I mean, it's, uh, going back to like yeah. thinking about running, I'm like, it takes you into these places of London oh, football, that football pitches. otherwise there's little reason to get to. You, you, know, you, you rarely find a, find yourself, you know, in North East London in this amazing, beautiful park. But you know, by jogging here, it gives you kind of a purpose of doing you see that. different angles on physical yeah. places, don't you? That you, yeah, it's, you it's, normally see. It's one of them. It's a really great way. I mean, I guess one of the things I first loved about running is. The first marathon I ever did was, um, well, sorry, second, was in Madrid. Right, lovely. And I did that, and I just thought, I'd never been to Madrid before. I've spent three, four hours running around it, and you get an amazing perspective of the city. Yeah. And it just got me really into doing city marathons as a, as a and, sort of form of tourism. Yeah. And the people as well, and the whole atmosphere, the yeah. sort of essence of the city, you know. Which actually was very funny in the case of Madrid, because... <laughs> they were also like livid looking at us like why are you running around our city you've got in the web on Sunday morning <laughs> it's quite a nice insight yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I did notice because irritation I re- yeah. mass irritation at Madrid <laughs> I went to Berlin and I really enjoyed going there like going there going to sleep getting up doing a marathon coming home again you know I noticed that the people on the sidelines is where you find out yeah. what the attitude is, particularly having done London, yeah. where basically the sidelines are full of people going, come on! <laughs> and then Berlin what, is what's just... What's the in Berlin? Do you go kind of east-west? Um, it, it's, a, it's a circle, which is brilliant. It starts, um, like, just... Uh, just uh, let me get my directions here right. I think just west of the Brandenburg Gate. Yeah. And then there's a long loop around the city and comes back through it. And so it's, a sing- it's not a... You don't go back on yourself. It's no, a single no. loop. Single loop, and the start line is the finish line. It's, it's really good. That's awesome. Yeah. We're all doing Amsterdam in uh, October. Oh, yeah. I've heard it's good Amsterdam. Yeah. It's a good marathon. We're doing the Great Yorkshire, aren't we? Yeah, which I've done before, but the funny thing is, don't ask me what it was like, it was foggy. <laughs> it's foggy. Yeah, exactly. There's basically fog and a couple of other runners. That's what it looks like. It's like you could only which see... Which month is it? What's which that? Which month? Uh, October. Yeah. Ninth or tenth, something like that. And we're both doing the Marathon de Madoc in September as well. Uh, yeah, that's a very different type of marathon, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it should be fun. <laughs> that's the same as the Marathon de Sable, isn't it? De Madoc, de Sable, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Is, that, is Madoc the one we have with a glass of wine every mile? Yeah. and yeah. Essentially, yeah. I mean, Oysters and steaks and camembert, etc. Right, is some German thing that six miles, and you have to have a pint after every mile. <laughs> <laughs> that's a special it. kind of challenge, isn't it? <laughs> Well, in Berlin, there was an alcohol-free lager on the finish line. Yeah, but I know some people are upset by the idea of alcohol-free lager, but first of all, erding an alcohol-free lager is the best one. In fact, it's more of a wheat beer than a lager. Yeah. And two, I handed them out. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'd have one of those. It was like the best drink I've had in my life. I, I put away, I think, four of those free beers. <laughs> so there were people coming in loads of saying, so where's my free beer? <laughs> and uh, I'd had them. So sorry about that. So I one, of my, one of my best mates, we did an Edinburgh marathon together. And, uh, and at the finish line, they actually served like proper beer. Yeah. And he was there trying to tell me, having smashed me like speed-wise, he was there trying to tell me that your first two beers are just as hydrating as water. Right. Yeah. Um, which is all like, it was a really hot, sunny day. And after his second beer, he sort of getting a bit carried away, tucked into his third and fourth, and then 
but got back to the hotel. Yeah, collapsed with heat stroke. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, what is your nutritional therapist have to say about yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a giddy hour, there isn't when you finish the marathon, that sort of relief zone of yeah. rehydration and scoffing. It's a it's very different... Fun. It's an amazing thing, because it's a very different experience to doing uh, an ultra or something, because when you're actually racing and you leave nothing or you try and leave nothing out on the track yeah yeah that that finish line just feels like it's always edging further away from you absolutely it's exhausting isn't it and it's, it's a satisfaction that you can kind of only get afterwards yeah even, even the last mile you think it's never going to come where yeah. is it something and it's because it's it's because of the effort you're putting in it's yeah it's psychologically it really is just rationing the, the energy you've got left with the distance to go sort of yeah yeah but well, you, you must look forward to the finish a bit with the long ones, but it's maybe a different intensity. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, it's that taking your shoes off and putting your feet up. It's, uh, yeah. It's amazing. But I've, yeah, I've never, I've never raced an ultra in that respect. As it'd be, I mean, that's a seriously tough thing to do. I mean, we meet, we did, we did an event earlier last week where we was hosted a, a sort of product development session where we got all sorts of ultra runners one guy just runs 17,000 miles from from uh, so yeah we suddenly felt you wouldn't get very good very good trading on on a car with that on the clock yeah yeah exactly um and uh and it was amazing like talking to them about how they race and how they fuel themselves yeah and there really is that movement towards like all natural whole food but also just like understanding the places that your mind goes to when you're like not just covering the ground like we do yeah. but actually racing it and finding those extra gears that you need yeah yeah which is like hard enough over a half marathon or a marathon but do that over so 50 what? to 100 miles so Sorry. what is it then does it rely on a bit of like conscious self-delusion sort of running to the next point and then yeah running to the how do, the, do they the chunk it down do they i actually think the number of people that I think ultra running, in the large part, is probably the you know, people that do it because they're genuine ultra runners racing in the distance. Yeah. Whereas people that do it because they're enjoying the adventure of being outdoors. Yeah. And I actually think competitive ultra running has barely even started in, in the UK. Yeah. There's actually very, very few people that do it. Well, it's a long time. It's not that long ago that... Um people wouldn't have even considered ever doing a marathon yeah unless they were athletes of a certain kind you know look at dustin hoffman in marathon man he's never done a marathon (laughs) and it's like the defining thing in his life yeah whereas now you can someone will say well yeah i'm not really that fit but i've run a marathon for charity you know it's uh, as a a humanity in general is uh, finding a bit of distance so um everyone getting on the ultra trail is the next step the other thing about the ultra is uh that's where you really have to know what food well. you're putting yeah, in your body yeah. and why. Yeah. Yeah. And have a plan. Because you also eat quite a bit, don't you, on your ultras? Yeah, exactly. Because you're not going at that speed where, you know, if you're, re- if you're like a, a really decent club runner, you're you know, two hours 45 or whatever it is. That's almost a, like, that, well, that is a very fast run. Yeah. And so you're, you're using different... Um, muscle or muscles in a different way and you're burning fuel in a different way to when you're going at a at a slower like eight minute mile pace yeah you need a much more slower release energy that's not gonna be peaky and so it's it's a very very different relationship with your food and 
know, if you're if you're racing a 10k, you, so all natural whole foods probably don't give you that that absolute uh, that energy slow release. That slow, yeah, right. Um, I think also when you're in ultra, you're it's a bit like you're an engine running on fumes. It's much clearer what the yeah. what the kind of impact of everything you take in is in on your body. Right. So if you have sugar, unlike if you have a kind of full engine of tank, full engine of the tank, you feel yourself spike up totally immediately. Yeah. Because your body needs that at that moment. But you also see how that affects you for the next half hour. Yeah. Whereas if you have a kind of natural whole food source of energy, your body just reacts perfectly to that. So you do stuff that you can eat on the run as well. Yeah, exactly right. So, so, so on this 100-kilometer run we're doing this weekend, we will just have all of our, all of our bars, energy, recovery, trail mixes up with us to fuel us and the other runners and to eat it, eat it so consistently throughout the day. Right. Yeah. Just so keep, as Tom says, it so just keeps you topped up. And you still base it on when you fancy it rather than when you ought to have it kind of thing. How scheduled is it, do you think? Yeah, well, I guess... you just scoff a little every time you stop. Yeah, just keep scoffing little by little. It's quite a nice alternative, isn't it? Me, I can really see myself <laughs> just going, oh, wait a minute, I've eaten it all. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone a mile and a half. <laughs> so how, how have you guys approached, like, new... Yeah, nutrition. Well, you How just you made me think about this because my very first long run was a half marathon, Royal Park's half marathon. It's a lovely. Oh, it's beautiful. That. Yeah, I've done it a couple of times since and it really is great. Um, I got to um, about 10 miles and I went past the stand and they'd given out Percy Pigs, the uh, oh, m yeah. sweets. Famous sports nutrition brand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought, that's a bit weird. I don't know what that's all about. And I had no frame of reference, you know what I mean? I didn't even know about people giving out sweets in the marathon or anything I just thought crazy yeah. and then really really soon afterwards like a couple of hundred yards I thought oh I've suddenly become aware with complete clarity that there's no energy left in my body yeah <laughs> and then I knew what the Percy Pigs were for <laughs> but like you say the, the idea of eating a Percy Pig whilst doing extreme exercise does seem a bit silly but there aren't there haven't been many other options have there I mean we, no. we really do feel like you're filling a hole you know like I used um, a couple of carb gels to do the Yorkshire Marathon when I got my PB and I think they worked but they didn't half make me feel ill yeah you know real gut rot got and it. I don't think that's necessary and then this year I really didn't want to do it I didn't want to do carb gels and then uh, I had to because I had no energy I hadn't, didn't have any uh, other options you know so it's just nice to have another option, let alone an option which is... I mean, I completely agree. I, I, if I'm in a supermarket and I look at something which is purporting to either be... Uh, this yeah. is great, by the way. We're coming under the A12. Yes. We've come out of some really sunny June leafiness. into yeah, he's running on the red man. Go for it, Paul. We'll all go with you. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Safe. We got right, back to a bull. <laughs> Quite literally. Here, we're going just under here. Okay. Yep. That's the A12 going over us there. That's uh, Paul. Paul who us you were you were pessimistic about the weather, but I reckon we've done all right. It's been fantastic, it's gorgeous. Yeah, but it's nice with your stuff to have something to eat when you're running that you want to eat, as opposed to what you feel you have to. So you just have a quick medicine. spike of something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, and you know that the more the more gels you have, the more sick you're going to feel. 
it's nice to feel you've got that alternative. Yeah, and when you look at, like, in a supermarket, you look at something that purports to be healthy or to not contain certain ingredients or whatever else. If it's got loads and loads of ingredients... Just, that you don't even understand what they are. Yeah, and it just doesn't ring true, does it? If something yeah. has to kind of basically trick you into thinking it's naturally healthy when actually it's created in a lab from a billion chemicals, how yeah. healthy can it be, you know? Well, it's like a cryptic crossword clue that your body has to solve. <laughs> Look at these days. I think such a big thing of it is like... There is just a kind of lack of understanding of kind of what people need like from everyone and yeah, that and basically leads to a very confused approach and actually a lot of what we think our challenges at Tribe is not just should making we go the this right way? product we Ready, should, we, go should we go that way uh, yeah let's, uh, should, let's we go? should we see what happens should we follow it oh should nice should we have an adventure look at it. them yeah. they're going around it this is where we all fall into the river <laughs> What's the worst that nice <laughs> yeah exactly so sorry you were saying well no I was saying that like a big part of like our job or what we're, what we're trying to do is kind of tell people about the impact of the foods that they eat yeah. on their performance Yeah, because we kind of because there are so many confused and mixed messages sent out by government by food companies yep. who just don't know what by the kind CIA. of they need and in a way yeah. less the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what we're kind of trying to do just distill in a super simple way what people need and when they need it yeah and why that doesn't have to be a super complicated analysis of 50 ingredients. Yeah. Absolutely, but it can't be. I mean, it just can't be. You want it simple, don't you? Your body wants... No idea the less things there are in it, the less things it has up, to yeah. digest. I know I'm not a scientist, but that seems logical to me. But it's true. And, and, and the thing is, is we have over you know, millions of years evolved to digest the foods that we are eating. And our, our whole di- dietary system is is geared up for that. And so you put in these highly refined artificial products, it's no wonder that it... it like it gives you a bit of a jolt. Yeah, yeah. dodgy tummy or yeah. can't do for a long time. I mean, I remember very clearly, I did an Ironman in 2011, just on carb gels before I discovered all wow. these other wow. things. And, and that, like, by the time I got to the marathon leg, I was being sick every five kilometers. Yeah. Oh, no. Because you just, your stomach is just so much acid and... Yeah. And fake sugars and all these things are just... Yeah, I mean, on the marathon to Madoc, that's considered a badge of honour, but that's uh, camembert and red wine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really different thing. Yeah, at least natural. <laughs> actually come at the wrong time, is it? It's like a month before we want to do a really good marathon. We've got to go to France and get drunk over 26 miles and have a load of cheese. Yeah, but we'll make up for it in Yorkshire. You're gonna, yeah. You'll see us right in Yorkshire, won't you? Yeah. Tell us exactly what to have and when. Yeah, exactly. Yorkshire puddings. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it is, um, it's, it's, it's amazing how, like, when you pay attention to it, how direct the relationship is between your preparation, both nutritional and sort of like holistically in your body and your performance. And it's probably pointing out the obvious, but like if you fuel yourself correctly, you just feel that spring in your step. Yeah, you know you've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also you're taking ultra runner technology and providing it for 10k runners you know what I mean it's yeah, uh, exactly and, and re- not just saying here's what the ultras have have that because it won't be quite the right stuff but basically you can't run big distance without being on top of this stuff yeah once you've got that knowledge all runners can use it you know yeah absolutely right and I think it's just a question of 
Yeah. Um, yeah, as you say, so tweaking it. So the idea is that everybody will get, they'll let us know how they're training. Right. And then we will um, make those packs fit to, their, fit, fit to their regimes. So that if they say, you know, I run once or twice a week, then we know the frequency and the volume of the products that we should be sending to them yeah. to help them meet those goals. Um, and so and then if, when they receive the chai box, they just go, num, 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 and eat yeah. them all. Yeah. That's yeah. not something you can properly police. <laughs> I, <should. laughs> not, I mean, I'm not talking about anyone in particular here. We're right coming along by the uh, Olympic Park now yeah. in the Lee River. And it's a beautiful evening, and we're a little bit badass because we uh, went where the footpath was closed, and we went anyway, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. Didn't we, guys? It's like taking on new adventures. The yeah. Turning to blockers <laughs> off blazing trails. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to go right up here now. Yeah, if we can. Yeah, they'll let us out. Yeah. We're out. That's right, around the end of this fence. Come on. Oh, ah. Up here. Got a you little bit. It. That's the close. Closed, schmozed. <laughs> That's the way we. Yeah, there came. was nothing closed about that when we it got. It was weird, wasn't it? What is that about? Yeah. Up these steps. So I'm hoping there's going to be a mega view when we get up here. Lovely gang of people on Boris bikes at the yeah, top. Yeah, this is what I was wanting. Pretty awesome. You can get them this far yeah. out, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you nice. can take a photo under the run that's side. That's nice. Yeah, that's lovely. Uh, with the sun behind it, did you t- did you phone the sun and arrange that? It's amazing what they've done with this area, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the Olympic Stadium there. Pardon my ignorance, is it? Yeah, yeah. the Hackney uh, half marathon goes here, doesn't right. it? Yeah, exactly Whoa. right. Which is a very hot marathon for a UK marathon. That's the Olympic Stadium. Yeah, because it's May. And so we've got the, there's the, um, there's a velodrome just through there. Right, okay. Yeah, I'm getting my bearings. Yeah. Should we have a, how are we going to photograph this? In the sunshine. Really nice. Such a shame vampires will never see it. Oh, is that <laughs> wrong? Something about mirrors and vampires. Gorgeous. Should we do a. Yeah, let's selfie it up. Run selfie. Yeah. It will put it back the right way around, won't it? Just duck down, Paul. Duck down. <laughs> no, not really. There you go. Come on. Everyone in? Yeah, well, you've only well, got the off. It's the just run. us. It's only three of us as well. Come on, guys. Come on, hop in, guys. Hop in, squeeze in. I've got the run, I've got three. There's, there he goes. There's Ron. got the run. Come on, Tom. Yeah. That's it, and the run's there too. Nice. nice. Let me take one with all of us. Or, or this way. The right way round. Really nice evening for a run. And I'm really glad we haven't run 40 miles. <laughs> awesome. Good work. Cool. Nice. So I think we're going down this way now. Right, let's go. Are we nearly done? How far are we pretty much come? done. I think we've got the last like, half a mile now. Cool, another half mile. Sweet. Oh, Canary Wharf peeping round behind the Olympic Park. It's impressive. So you doing much running at the moment then, Guy? What's your sort um, of? Not much more. Nothing compared to... I was, um, <laughs> Sorry, I guys, I got stuck behind the barrier. Uh, um, uh, Vienna Marathon together. Right. Um, the whole tribe team, which is pretty cool, actually. So we've got, there's six of us in the office now. And uh, of the six, there were five PBs. So Fantastic. Wow. It, was, it was great. 
It's a good ratio. Yeah, it's a great ratio. And then, uh, um, and then we've obviously got we got these. I do not much more than the tri runs, which is kind of keeps us fairly busy every Tuesday, yeah. Saturday, and then the ultras. Right. So I haven't got any so races in the schedule, but I'd love to do some. You know, we've been a lot of the tribe community be sending us photos back from like the Transvolcania and all these like amazing like races up Vesuvius and this kind of crazy stuff. And there's so much good stuff going on. Isn't it there? is. Yeah. It's just an amazing like renaissance for the running world. That like this. kind of running adventure crossover, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just you know, it's been too long since I you know I did the Mont Blanc Marathon a few years ago, and that's just an amazing thing. And Rob and I have done the Davos Marathon, and there's just loads of amazing races that are out there I was just in uh, Chamonix recently doing comedy and not running and uh, it's just the most incredible place it really is like which when did you go uh, just in February oh wicked yeah yeah and it was Me really too. good right. did some skiing and did some comedy around there but it is the, the scenery is just um, you know it's mythical it's yeah. I think you're trying to go there actually this summer yeah I'd love to go walking there or yeah or running and yeah. and, uh, how does it work all those huts do you kind of reserve the huts when you go for yeah you do like the the refuges yeah 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 right and you can do the what would be called a boffy in scotland yeah 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 exactly I, yeah we'll probably find a couple of boffies this weekend yeah of our own well you might find one or you might find both the lovely <laughs> Good, cool, nice spot. I think as you realise that you might not be getting much faster, then you can turn to adventures. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I feel it calling with me. Is You know, in the next few years, you, you, you're going to hit a stage where you're not going to get faster at a marathon. But you can still nip off in the middle of the world and yeah. just do a, but you do know, a lovely run, you know. What's amazing, I don't know if you guys have read um, uh, Born to Run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that brilliant band. And... One of the things that just really stuck in my memory from that was they're saying if you if you chart the progress of um, your marathon times across like an average group of males, you sort of get better and better and better. They chart you from, from age 18 onwards, sort of going down here. Right. Um, you peak at age 27. Okay. But the only time that your PB falls below your 18-year-old self is when you get to around about age. 55, 60. Right. All right. Okay. And it's a, so in a weird way, okay. running's a bit like golf and that you can carry on doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're really old. Just a couple and of decades still be good at it. Yeah. Well, it's slightly depressing for me, though, because I didn't even consider it until I was 35. Yeah. I missed a <laughs> glorious opportunity. What did you do before? I ate. I ate pizza. <laughs> and drank beer. Yeah. That's right. So we're coming up to our, our finish line. Excellent. Graffiti covered finish line. It's just round here to the right. It's great. It's brilliantly uh, hackney around here. I love yeah, this building. It's not picturesque at all, it's, but it's pretty uh, kicking. Should we have a photo in front of the, photo in front of the, my favourite building? Yeah, absolutely. We actually filmed one of our exercise videos here. Sorry, you go. We've got Give a photo of my lady just trying to walk. Awesome. It doesn't look like the Olympic Park, the old Lord Napier, does it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just, this is where I thought we'd finish at uh, Hackney Downs. Great. Yeah, that was a lovely run. Yeah, it was a lovely run. Woo! Nice. Good work. Yeah, thanks, everyone. So how's that? Uh, 
That's great. That was wicked. Yeah, let's, let's do it again. That's uh, uh, Running Comedy, Run Compod on Twitter, Run Compod on Instagram. Um, uh, join us again. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Talking, sir, and